Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Mark Purcell. Each week we discuss different filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. And yes. this week we are not by ourselves. <laughs> no, we're not. Again. Like, uh, again, again, again. This year I feel like we've consistently had guests. We might might have only done one episode, just the two yeah, of us. Yeah, maybe two. But you know, to be honest, I feel like I'm kind of hiding from like doing the single episode because I... I don't have anything to talk about. Right. You don't have anything major to report. Yeah. So this is great. Like it, it feels like I'm still doing a bunch of stuff, but no one in the audience actually knows I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we have Marco Aguilar. Is that how you say it, Marco? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, how do you respond <laughs> to say it? Let's, let's do it correctly. Yeah, Aguilar? It. Uh, well, if you want to say it the Spanish way, say Aguilar. 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 Okay. Yeah, do it to, yeah. Marco Aguilar. You have to Aguilar. roll the R at the end, Marco, huh? Marco Aguilar. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And he's the writing director of the Zombie Parkour series, which, you know, it's got a, a big following on uh, YouTube and the internet. Um, and I met Marco, I, I'm trying to remember, was it a year ago that we met Marco, or was it longer than that? Um, no, no, it was a year ago. You, uh, ago? Yeah, you showed me a zombie film that you helped uh, produce. I, I believe you produced it. Um and uh yeah you approached we had a meeting yeah so it was about yeah. about like may of last last year i think yeah yeah um and we talked about um me producing a sh- another short version of zombie parkour and then it was like right around the time where i was trying to focus on raising money for my movie and i just couldn't i did it we had a couple meetings and i, I was really excited about it and then i just i had to bail and i felt terrible but um you <laughs> he know. did the same thing to me marco so don't worry <laughs> yeah I've, I've done this to like three other people so i feel pretty shitty about it but you know yeah gotta do what's right anyways um and yeah and so what, what i thought was really interesting was even back then um marco was planning a kickstarter for the feature length version of zombie parkour even while we were because and then it was going to be like the short was going to like lead into the kickstarter for the feature and he had this all this great marketing plan and everything and um and then yeah he's been working on the kickstarter ever since and i just felt like it's really interesting that he put so much time into his kickstarter into the planning and then when you think about zombie parkour in general and how much time marco's put into this whole thing it's like years and years and years of preparation um kind of you know seemingly leading up to this moment of this this big feature but i mean I don't know. I want Marco to tell us all about it. But um, yeah, uh, so today, I guess we're basically talking about crowdfunding and then also just putting time in developing a, pro- a project, you know, and like, you know, sticking with it. So welcome, Marco, to the show. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm actually on the show. I've watched so many episodes. I never thought I'd actually get to be on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. and we, we talked about it like last year, too, like when we, you know, about you being on the show when the Kickstarter happened and then. Yeah, you know, now the Kickstarter is finally happening. It's like, okay, and it just worked out that, um, you know, that you could, you could come on. Um, but before we get into all the good stuff, um, give everybody like a little quick one minute bio of who you are. Like, you know, like what, what do you do? What, what's, what's your filmmaking background, background in general, whatever. Just a quick one minute bio of who you are. All right. Um, well, I grew up in New York City, uh, Story of Queens. Um, I lived there about pretty much my whole life. Uh, I did. I studied filmmaking out there. Um, I studied like comedy, improv, you know, theater. I mean, New York City has so much to, I mean, so much available for you to, to study and to, and to learn that, you know, it's kind of a hard city to leave once you're there. Um, 
Yeah, and five years ago I came to Oakland. Uh, I just needed a change. I'd been here my whole life, and I just wanted to to leave. And uh, I've worked as a videographer. That's kind of mainly what I do. Um, I used to work for a company, but ever since I got let go last year, I've just been working on this and just taking freelance gigs, uh, which has been kind of interesting. I've never done that before, um, and uh, it's not as scary as I as I thought it would be. Though you know, there are moments where I'm like, oh man, I hope I get some work soon. Um, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, but yeah, I grew up in New York City. Um, I directed uh, six short films, including Zombie Parkour. Yeah, I did that in New York City and, and, and all over the city, basically. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I directed six short films. I'm a videographer. I think that's pretty much all I can say, I guess. <laughs> and then what, why did you, or what, where did you study film in New York? Um, I went to St. John's University uh, a long time ago. Cool. Um, but mainly, honestly, like I studied a lot more television there and I did, you know, take like a film class and I did shoot like a short film for like a class. It wasn't until much later that I got into like actual filmmaking. I started writing. I started like wanting to learn writing. I started wanting to like actually make my own films. And I sort of just stumbled onto the zombie genre. Like I already did two of them before I even did zombie parkour. So when you got to the actual filmmaking stuff after like, you know, you know, later on, did you just sort of teach yourself at that point? Um, or just like kind of with your background of TV, like kind of use that to get started or how did you get, get going? Well, it helped that I was in, uh, I was mainly an editor. So that really helps. I mean, that's kind of a great way to get into, you know, into actually directing and actually actually being a filmmaker because, uh, one of the, one of the best benefits is that, uh, you're able to really just, like leave things on the cutting room floor. If it's not working for the story, you just got to take it out no matter how much you love it, you know, like it's not working. So I think like that helped inform my writing and like my screenwriting teacher always tell me, like you just really just take out scenes if they're not, if they're not really part of it, necessary for the story, regardless of how nice they are, regardless of how well written they are. So starting as an editor definitely helped me in that regards. And, you know, I mean, once you get into editing, you're pretty much able to really learn how to piece together a story and, and, and learn how to pace it. So then it's just a matter of like, you know, kind of going a little bit backwards and learning how to actually work with actors and learn how to like, you know, um, use the space and get them to occupy that space and, you know, and not just have them talking back and forth. So like I started as an editor and they kind of went backwards and like learned, you know, a little bit of lighting, a little bit of, uh, you know, acting and how to work with actors. So yeah, that's how I pretty much got started. Nice, man. Um, and, uh, you know, just moving from New York's like greatest city in the world, right? Um, yeah. Of all the places you could have gone, why did you pick Oakland? Well, I actually had a job offer, so. Oh, uh, uh, okay. There you and, go. And I had never actually been to Oakland or or San Francisco or anything, but like I think uh, after the last hurricane hit uh, New York City and like the last snowstorm, I was like, all right, I'm done. I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. and so, um, you know, I basically mentioned I, I knew there was a job in San Francisco. Uh, everyone kept telling me, oh man, I think I can see you in San Francisco being happy. So yeah, go give it a shot. So I just basically, six weeks later, I was pretty much, I was in California. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I think we should just get right, get right to it. Like I'm, I'm really curious cause when we talked, like we didn't really talk a ton about the history of zombie parkour and like the, the, how, the, how it came to be in the first place. Yeah. Um, I watched all the shorts obviously and, and all that, but yeah, can we just talk about like how this 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 first short film happened and how you came up with this whole zombie parkour thing in the first place? Well, um, it's interesting because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I got laid off uh, a year ago and that started me on this journey of, uh, you know, making zombie parkour the feature and, you know, setting up the Kickstarter. Well, it pretty much happened years ago as well. That was the same exact situation. I got laid off. I said, 
I can go look for a job or I can, you know, <laughs> take advantage of a year of unemployment and start really being a filmmaker and an artist. So that's exactly what I did. And uh, I studied stage combat. I studied, you know, improv, all that stuff. And then um, I said, I got to do a short film, you know, like at least one. And uh, I'd done two zombie films already, so I wasn't thinking about a zombie film. But then I saw a parkour video and I was like, all right, has anyone ever done this with zombies? So I, I did a search and the only one I was able to find was uh, these guys in England had did like a spoof of like Thriller. And it had like, you know, they were free runners or parkour athletes. So they basically, uh, you know, threw some parkour in. So I figured I had a good idea. So I just sent some feelers out. I looked up some local parkour gyms and organizations and I was just getting a massive response. And then I put like an ad out and then uh, everyone was like sending me videos and clips. So I said, all right, I think this, this should be a fun one to do. I wasn't looking to do a zombie film, but uh, you know, that would have, this, this is pretty original. Um, I, little did I know the amount of work it was going to take. I mean, this is pretty much an action movie. I'd never done an action movie like this. So, <laughs> right, right. yeah, so, but that's the thing. I think it's just, a, it's kind of, uh, advantageous to be a little naive <laughs> and to, you know, to be kind of too stupid to know any better. It's, it's kind yeah. of how you, how you move forward sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I can, I can, I had that same experience with my first short film. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think you have to be so naive to jump into, to filmmaking and think you can do it. Yeah, but you know, I I done um I mean I did I did a film called Dead in the Water and that was like a zombie film on a river, you know, we had boats, it was like a just boating community in Jersey. Oh, wow. So like having doing five or six short films prepared me to do zombie parkour because you can't really just that can't be my first one. There's no way. That that, that I definitely <laughs> had to do a few other short right. films. And that's the key thing is you got to you know, you just got to keep working, you know, got sometimes you got to shell out your own money, but you you got to just keep on making stuff and getting better and then you know then you can find your genre and your voice you know you can't wait around to get like a script produced yeah and what and what year was this when you made the first zombie parkour uh what year was it that's a good question uh i, I want to say 2011 but uh i'm not okay. 100 sure yeah was did that game uh dying light had that come out already or was that still not out yet at that no point? no no and, and, and well i'm not much of a video game person but uh i know you're referring to right because dying light has like zombies and parkour so yeah exactly uh, so i don't know if that, that that game was out but uh it didn't have like zombies and parkour when i was when i was shooting this one so yeah yeah so that that i think that came out like probably 20 13 maybe or 2014 because i i got it when it well not when it was new but when it was like a little bit old and i think that was probably 2015 when i first played it so yeah so yeah but i mean it's pretty funny because timothy you probably don't know but this game dying light is basically I've never heard of it it's like zombie parkour it's it, it is like, it's the same kind of concept but just a video game and it's a great video yeah. game um so it's funny that you know you were kind of ahead of the curve there a little bit um marco like maybe already saw developing this. this thing maybe saw it they saw your short and they stole it <laughs> maybe you know I, I mean i think i kind of feel like somebody would have done it come up with it eventually but the cool thing is that as soon as i i, I did it i bought bought every domain zombieparkour.com.us.org oh uh, you, uh, you were like oh this is mine <laughs> yeah exactly so uh i was able to to hold on to it you know because they can't really hold on to you can't really like like copyright zombie parkour it's not like a thing you can copyright but you can buy all those domains and make it harder for people to have their own website of so that's pretty much yeah. what i did so is the lore behind this zombie parkour idea is that the only people that can survive zombies are the people that know parkour pretty much i mean that's uh that's the lore of it that's like oh you know like now you know they even have a class somewhere in chicago like uh i think it's kind of a funny <laughs> class but like you know how to, how to use a uh, parkour in a zombie apocalypse which is really just teaching parkour just kind of putting a fun spin to it yeah 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 so 
because I don't know, man, like even if you're not into zombie movies, at some point you were like, you know, somebody, even when you were a kid, you're like, oh, like if you walk into a house, you're like, oh, how would I, if zombies came, how would I escape? You know what I mean? Right. I think people do that a lot. So uh, once parkour came out, people were like, oh, they added a whole other dimension to that whole like thing. Did you ever think about calling it something different? I did. Um, and in fact, the lead actor, uh, Jesse LaFlair, um, when, when, when we first did it, it was like, are you going to call it zombie parkour? I'm like, why? Why don't you call it like a name? And I'm like, no, nah, there's no other zombie parkour out there. So when people <laughs> do a search, our film's going to come up. So it should just be called zombie parkour. And uh, it was totally the right choice on my part. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the results. So you make this first short film, um, and then and then what happens? Like, wh- when do the hits start coming in? Well, you know, it was funny because it was uh, it was almost immediately, um, and I'm, I I can only kind of guess as to why that happened. I mean, one is that it was an original idea, um, so you know it touched on something. But also, I had released a trailer months before, uh, so I think that kind of. Uh, helped uh us get like fifteen thousand hits in like the first day uh so wow, nice yeah so um it really was started right away you know and people were asking me like why i'm like i have no idea but we definitely we need to see what the deal is with this so how long did it take to break a million on on the video well it's it topped out at about like 250 i'm not exactly sure how many months had gone by um when it started to really blow up because as much of an original idea as it is uh, an original idea can get you like maybe 250, 300,000 hits. Um, what happened was the lead actor just started blowing up. He became like one of the top 10 parkour athletes in the world. He started working on stunts. And suddenly I just started seeing this film, like, like the hits just started coming and coming and coming. So oh, I honestly, nice. I honestly couldn't tell you, uh, when it hit a million. I do remember getting a call from him saying, Hey bro, it just crossed a million. It's officially viral. But, uh, it's got nine million now, so I kind of think wow. it was it was probably like a two or th- I would say three years after we released it, it got over a million. Like once he started blowing up. Wow, nice man. And so has has those hits helped you at all? Like with all all that nine million, like have you been able to capitalize that and help get people excited about it and help get investors on on the film? Well, here's the thing, man. And this is the, you hear a lot of stories about. I mean, uh, I don't know. You guys ever seen that film Daybreakers about the whole world is like vampires? You ever seen that movie? Uh, yeah, I've, I've I haven't seen it, but I saw the trailer. Is that All an right. indie film? Uh, it, I guess it, you can call it that, but I mean, it's it's got like you know Ethan Hawke, it's got uh, Willem Dafoe, so I wouldn't call oh, it. Oh no, I, I have I, I haven't seen heard it. Of it. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into Oh, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember I remember uh, watching behind the scenes of that, and it took him like ten years to finally make that movie. And I, and when I was thinking, I was like, "Damn, ten years—that's a long time. How does that happen?" And now I realize how that happens, you know, because, um, you know, as as as, as much as, as you know, like you think you can just go right through it, you know, life gets in the way. You know, I had um, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, so that was like a big thing for our family. And you know, she and I had a very rocky relationship, so we had to sort of like heal each other in that regards and so I wasn't that focused on zombie parkour and I was going through some other personal issues and I wasn't sure if I really even wanted to be a filmmaker I wasn't even sure if I you know I definitely wasn't sure if I wanted to do another zombie movie you know um so I had some personal things happen to me that sort of delayed me kind of capitalizing on this a little bit um but then eventually I just got back into it and I did another short um that one didn't do quite as well as, a, as the other one and I was planning on doing making it into a web series 
Uh, but then I realized I was doing the first one. I'm like, you know what? This is like way too hard to do as a web series. This is like involves stunts and fighting, and you need like a big team for this sort of thing. So, and then um, the second one, did you make that out here, or was that still in New York? No, I made that out here. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I made that one out here. Um, it was a little harder to do. Um, I didn't have as many resources available to me like I did in New York because I knew more people in New York. Um, but that kind of set me on a path. And that's, here's the thing. Like, that one didn't come out as good as I wanted it to. And that was, like, my first fight scene. It was, like, a sword fight between two people, like, involving zombies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That was, and, that was a trip, man. I, 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 I saw that. I was like, wait, what happened? Oh, damn. All right. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, I, I definitely made some mistakes on that one. But, you know, it's to be expected. It was the first one that I ever, ever did. Um, and even though that one didn't come out quite as good um, and didn't quite become as popular, it really set me on a path of like, all right, I really want to take this to the next level. I can't be doing this guerrilla filmmaking anymore. I can't be doing these short films that are, you know, they're, they're, they're fun and they're cool, but they still have like their limitations, you know, they're, they're still like, you know, indie uh, horror films. And I wanted to take it to that next level. And so that short film not quite working out kind of set me on this path to do something a lot bigger and to get, you know, and so, you know, it, it kind of worked out in the end. Yeah. I love the the whole thing about like you questioning your you know your desire to be a filmmaker and questioning like if you even want to do anything re- related with zombies anymore and like sort of questioning this path that you went on and then like eventually coming around and be like no this is what I'm I'm doing this is what I want to do <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think that's kind of this is like sort of inspirational because we all have those doubts those all yeah, those moments sure. where we're like fuck do I even want to do this like do I even well, we talk about it on the show all the time <laughs> yeah that's yeah, how this yeah, podcast yeah. started was me talking about that all the time yeah yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of feel like this show is like therapy for you guys like you got you have, to, you have to be filmmakers because you have this podcast now so you sort of like force yourself into it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Mark I'm curious to know is like as you saw the hits on this film going up did you think about how you would capture that audience and like like get get them on some sort of mailing list or get them to go sign up to a newsletter or a website so you could then capitalize on them when you did want to do something else? Well, that's the thing. I, me personally, you know, I'm a filmmaker, you know, so I got a lot of things I, I'm, I, I'm good at. I hadn't had a whole lot of experience doing stuff like that. So I was, you know, trying to be relevant. I was trying to kind of reach out to people, but it wasn't until my friend Charlie, uh, who I've known for years, who's also a filmmaker, he's directed a feature film, you know, he's, he's, he's quite good. He approached me about zombie parkour and said, you know, I think it's a great idea. I want to help you make it happen. Um, I have some experience with crowdfunding and, you know, I'd like to be your producer on this. And I'll handle like trying to figure out how to like, you know, get subscriptions and how to like, you know, get our name out there and, and how to like kind of bring back zombie parkour and get people excited. You know? Oh, that's cool. So yeah. when you guys, you guys made two of these, right? Yeah. Did, did the second one perform as well as the first one? Not, not really. It, it has uh, like 300,000 hits, so it's not like terrible. Um, but uh, it didn't have Jesse LaFleur in it. At this point, you know, I was able to, I wasn't able to get oh, okay. Jesse LaFleur. He was, uh, you know, working. Like we, we talked about working together and he, you know, I fly him up to San Francisco. It just didn't work out. So I just went a whole different direction with the film. That's how, how the sword fight ended up happening because it's all right. Well, if I'm not going to get Jesse, let's take this in a whole different direction. And that's when I came up with that. I said, you know. Yeah, well, right. Well, yeah. look, let's just put things in perspective here, bro. 300,000 hits is not bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, most yeah. filmmakers don't, have don't even get on any of my films. hits. Um, yeah, we barely have a hundred thousand, and and that's with like a, a well known YouTube channel yeah. backing us. Yeah, you know, so okay, well yeah. that's good to know. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because the other one's got nine million hits. So I guess in comparison, like oh man, yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're holding everything up to that gold standard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 
then I I noticed I was just doing some research on you over here, and I saw that there's an Indiegogo page for the part two that only got a thousand dollars out of the twenty five thousand dollar goal. Was that like a serious campaign you guys are trying to raise money for the the second film? And just kind of curious to hear like how that went and why it didn't reach your goal. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I kind of like totally forgot I even did that. That was uh, like, that was not long after the first Zombie Parkour, before it even had a million hits. You know, before it even had oh, probably okay. 200,000 hits. Yeah. People were saying, oh, you should do another one. I'm like, all right, well, I kind of need help here. I can't afford to do another one on my own. You know, uh, like I can't like shell out my own cash. So I said, all right, let's let's do uh, Indiegogo. But I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I basically just <laughs> put an Indiegogo page up. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Jesse LaFleur wasn't a big deal at that point. So uh, he had moved to LA and he had started. You know, he had his own YouTube page. He had started getting, uh, you know, like some kind of following, but not a whole lot. So that's pretty much why that failed. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really understand Indiegogo. I didn't understand like any how any of that worked. Um, I was working with somebody else who didn't know. And so, yeah, but that was a, a learning experience. Yeah, so I, I was going to say, like, it's yeah, amazing yeah. that you had that opportunity to do it. Because now when you go into your Kickstarter campaign, you can kind of take the learnings from that and apply it to there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people do assume it. Like it sometimes seems so easy just to put a page up and you're like, there's people that have these successful Kickstarter campaigns. So obviously all you do is you put a page up, right? And then it just happens. <laughs> yeah. And like, we've done a few episodes about Kickstarter. And it's like, it's not that easy. It's like, it takes a lot of work. It's a whole other project that you have to focus on. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a yeah. full-time job for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let's keep talking about um, kind of the success of this YouTube video and how you plan to kind of take it into the feature film world. I have There's like a few questions I have around it. One of them being just kind of like the creative leap from a short to a feature film. And then the other one is just kind of like bringing all the people that saw it into the feature film world with you. But why don't we start with like the creative leap? Like what gives you confidence that you can take the short film idea and expand it into a feature film? Um. Honestly, I, I, it's it's one of those rare projects that you just say the name and people immediately want to know more about it. You know, like I even when I'm just like at somebody's like at a party socializing and somebody asks me what I do and I mention like you know zombie parkour, then it it, it go it, the whole conversation goes in that direction without even meaning without me even wanting to. <laughs> right. So like it's like. But as so, like a short film, you can really just kind of rely on that just kind of the novelty of the premise. But with a feature, people are going to expect like character development and mm. some sort of storyline like how do you take this thing and and expand it out like wh- what are the story points that you're using are you using the basis of the short film or have you created entirely new characters for the feature how did you get started from like expanding expanding the short into a feature well there's a couple of directions you can go in you can go uh you know it all depends on personal taste what movies influence you that kind of thing but uh, you, you could go with like the, t- the the obvious route that would come to mind is there's like you know a parkour jam happening you know and you know in a city and right. there's like hundreds of parkour runners and suddenly the zombie apocalypse happens and these young kids gotta escape and that kind of thing you know. But my movies were always like Mad Max. My movies were like post-apocalyptic. So yeah. I said, man, fuck that. I want to see. I want to see like post-apocalyptic parkour runners. You know, I want to see them like wearing like gear that protects them against zombies. I know. I think that's like way better than just having like you know a bunch of young free runners getting away from zombies. So essentially, I just wrote a whole new story. Uh, you know, I wasn't gonna like base it on the on the short film. The short film didn't have much of a story to begin. It was like kind of like a big action scene. 
So um, I knew I wanted to use Jesse, and I managed to work uh, unintentionally, like connecting the short film with Jesse to this one. But uh, yeah, it's this whole, whole other animal, and I wanted to take it into a whole bold direction, and I wanted to make, like, make it really cool. And, uh, and yeah, so, and of course, I had to write brand new characters. I had to like come up with a whole different story. You know, I had, so I basically, I think when you approach a story, you don't like write a zombie movie, you don't write a slasher movie, you write like, a movie about these two people who are falling in love or a movie about like this person going through a hard time, you know, and then you add like, the horror element to it. Right. Well, most good horror movies start out, the first 20 minutes are pretty much dramas and then they introduce the horror elements. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's not, yeah, you, you know, if you want to write a, a cool like spy movie, you write a cool like romantic, you write, you write a romance movie. You know, and then you throw those little elements into it. I think that's the best way to always to always write a story is not with a genre in mind, just with characters in mind. And then you can just kind of plug in the genre later. And that's what I did with this one. And I wrote about you know, a, a, a woman looking for her brother. And it happens to be in this like zombie parkour tournament, you know, kind of like Thunderdome. You know, like if you, if you think of The Walking Dead, <laughs> cool. American Ninja Warrior and Mad Max, <laughs> that's pretty much our movie. Only yeah. obviously there's characters and obviously there's drama and there's things going on there. But yeah. That's that's basically our, our feature film. And have you written the script? Is it done? Yeah, it's done. I mean, you know, we'll see how much money we raise. I'm sure I'm going to have to like rewrite it to like you know, kind of taper it down a little bit. But <laughs> when, when I first when I right. first did this, when I first did the first draft was like a hundred million dollar movie. I mean, it was like ridiculous. You know, <laughs> right. you know uh, so you sort of it took me a while. And plus, I was learning screenwriting too. Like it wasn't like I just like knew how to write screenplays. I, I and it's, again, one of those things, you know, you talk about why a project takes so long to do. You think you're going to go into a screenwriting class and after six months, you're going to have all you need. And suddenly you realize this is a whole craft. Oh, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and I loved it. You know, it, 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 writing, you know, plays into my ADD. I just, I can write every day a different story if I wanted to, uh, like, you know, to three, three or four pages. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I started to study screenwriting with a great teacher. And then uh, it took me a while to write the story because I just had to learn how to be a screenwriter, you know. And then I didn't want to rely on anyone else to do it. How long did it take you to write the the first draft of the script? Oh man, it took me forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you guys' experiences are with like writing screenplays. Even now, like you have to really be on point to finish a, a draft because you hit like a yeah. page sixty, and you're like, oh man, I don't know where to go with this, and you sort of have to just, just be prepared to like write the, the worst last thirty pages as long as you just get it done. You know, I feel like the hardest part is coming up is the world building part of it, coming up with the characters, the environment the basic plot of it and then the next hardest part is like I, I i believe in kind of like outlining things and getting like the story down in a rough form before you sit down to write the draft and then the draft for me can come pretty fast like i could write that an hour a day over like 12 weeks which would be like a few weeks if i was just like sitting down at my computer eight hours a day yeah. Um, but yeah, the hardest part is just like kind of like building everything up to the point where you can actually get it onto page and like screenplay format. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their different methods. Like you like to outline. I, I like to just start writing. I think that's the way I work because otherwise yeah. I'll just never finish. That's that's Ulrich's idea too. Ulrich does kind of like a vomit draft, right? Ulrich, you just get it out and then you rework yeah. it from there. Or sometimes I'll start writing with the scene that I have in my head, you know, the thing that I'm really like focusing in on, if it's like the, the last scene of the movie or the beginning of the movie or whatever it is. Um, and then um, I'll try to vomit out a outline, like a just like the whole thing, you know, really, really small. And then use that guide to 
to write the rest of it. But, it, you know, it's basically like when I'm doing that outline, it's like I could write the whole thing if I had the time to just write it all at once. But it's like, you know, it's basically a tool for me to like have it all come out of me when I, when it's fresh and then be able to go back and refer to it later when I'm actually doing the writing the scenes and, and developing the characters and everything, you know? So it's similar, but it's a I guess it's, it is outlining to, to some degree, you know? Right. But so you said forever, like, are you talking about eight months, a year, two years, you know? Yeah, I would say it took me, uh, it took me about a year to write that first draft. Uh, and, uh, and then like, I think I wrote the next draft in like, like two months. I just kind of like just kept writing and writing and right, writing because I just right. didn't want to take it long again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, like it, it evolved, like people were like, it, the thing was, I, it's interesting because now that I think about it, now that I'm actually talking about it out loud, um, the evolution of Zion Parkour kind of followed a lot of the evolution of what we have today with like Netflix and Amazon. Like I wanted to do a feature because they said that's the way to make money, you know, and then like suddenly they said, hey, web series are a thing now. Let's do a web series. Then, oh, let's do a series because now Netflix is a thing, you know. So like it kind of followed the evolution. It kept changing in part because of like industry changing. I was trying to figure out what is this thing going to be? What can we do realistically <laughs> yeah. do? And you came back to feature film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why did you come back to feature film and you didn't go after the this, this series? Because the series seems to be popular. Yeah. Um, well, hey, you know, I'm open to a series. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, hey, this 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 feature film could be a pilot for all we know. You know, I'm, I'm open to that as well. But yeah, good uh, we, sort of, we sort of had to make a decision. We said, look, man, there's money in features. I think this this project could, could get sold um, and distributed. So let's just go for it. And uh you know, let's be open to it evolving if that's the case. Now we're, we're set. We're set on making a feature, but you know, if we raise enough money and we start getting like uh, some investors involved, who knows? Maybe this will go in a different direction again. Yeah. Either way, yeah. we're making something this year, so you know that doesn't. Nothing's gonna prevent us from that. So, Marco, I just gotta say, I feel the exact same way because people keep on talking about web series and Netflix <laughs> shows and everything, yeah, yeah. and it's like, yeah, well, if I knew somebody at Netflix or Amazon, well, fucking hell yeah, I would do. Just a go Netflix do it, all, Rick. Just go make it's a still, show. No, Come no on. big problem. But like, you know, from our place as indie filmmakers, without those big Hollywood connections. It's like, how are you going to get a Netflix show off the ground? Were you going to make a web series and then try to sell the web series? It just seems like, and then what? You have a web series, you can't sell that, and make money in the distribution for that, really. You know, yeah, so exactly. it's like, yeah. Evan Kidd made a show that's on Amazon, though, and there's a guy yeah. that posted on our indie filmmakers group yeah. that made a show that's on Netflix. So you yeah, can't do it. He, but he is like the outlier, dude. Like, right. not everyone's going to go out. Like, I mean, I've never heard of that happening before, making a web series and getting it on Netflix. Like, that's like insane, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, I'm basically saying, but people do make features and they do get distribution and they do get returns, even though they're not necessarily the best, but it just still feels like the best route for us as, as indie filmmakers, you know? So I yeah, totally yeah. relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, uh, I think there's so many avenues of distribution around the world, especially for like a genre film like ours that, yeah, uh, I think feature is definitely the way to go. Uh, that was the right choice. So you say yeah. like that there's more ways to capitalize off of a feature film than there is a, a series. Like a series is going to live on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. And we already know, like we've done the math on those things. They don't pay that much. But at least with a feature, there's other ways that you can make money if you distribute it properly. I mean, not if you just get your series on Netflix, then yeah. But I mean, getting a series on Netflix. Is but even like, a series on you Netflix, know. you're probably only going to get paid like ten or $15,000. 
you know, well, like lump but, sum. It's not. But there, but there, but I mean, to get to have a Netflix series, like you have to go through Netflix, right? Like right. You, can, yeah. you, don't, you don't just make a series and they buy. I mean, that we, that did just literally happen to that somebody that happen. we know. Yeah, yeah, but that's like the rare. I don't think that's happening regularly. You know, most of these Netflix series and Amazon series are happening from development. You know, like yeah, they're they're going, they're finding filmmakers, they're finding scripts they like, they're putting up the budgets. You know, they're doing, they're actually making it an Amazon original or. Netflix original. It's not like no, I, I think, agree with you, but there are yeah. there's already examples of people that have gone and made it independently and then just put yeah. it up on those platforms. And I guess I'm saying like you can do that, but yeah. the, you're not going to make a lot of money because if you're only getting right. like eight right. cents per hour viewed, or you're just getting a lump sum from Netflix, it's not going to really make up for the budget of most right. things. So right. if you're like right. for zombie parkour, I can understand like if I'm looking at a financial model for it, there are way more avenues for getting money back on a feature than there are for a tv series or a web series yeah right, i mean it's all right, it's all right. a crapshoot right i mean it's not even with uh selling a feature film it's never like yeah. it's always changing and evolving so yeah. yeah yeah you sort of just have to make a choice and just, and just follow through on it and see where it goes so you're not even thinking that far ahead you're just like let's just get it done and then we'll figure it out from there yeah, well, um, it's interesting because I am thinking about it. Like, what are we going to do? How's it going to get distributed? But we also realized that, you know, we, I need team members who know how to, uh, what they're doing in that regards. I need team members who are experts. I need team, team members who have, have experience doing that sort of thing, working with distributors. Um, so my goal was to get a team this past year. Uh, and it was not just me and Charlie, but also other producers interested. And uh, we've been very successful at it. We've gotten producers interested, people who know that end of things. So... I'm not necessarily thinking about it myself. I'm sort of like, all right, that's being taken care of. I can just focus on the filmmaking, which is exactly what I've wanted to do because I've done seven short films and I did everything possible on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you're in a unique position in that you have you proven that there's an audience for this, yeah. especially with, with Jesse attached to it. The hard part is just reaching that audience, but it's a, something that can be done because it's been done before on, on the YouTube video. So... I think it's just a matter of like, yeah, working with somebody that knows how to get your film to that audience. Yeah, yeah, no, there is definitely. I mean, zombies, parkour, like, yeah, people. It, it, it wasn't once Jesse got you know confirmed and attached. It wasn't hard. It, it, we were getting producers coming to us, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, this is a great project. I want to be a part of this." And we've like had to interview producers oh, uh, to sort of nice. feel it out because this is new to us as well. Like, you know, like I don't know if you're full of shit or not, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? Like, like, so yeah, so that was a learning experience as well. And uh, a little surreal too. Like, Oh wait, like they're coming to us now. Damn. Finally. <laughs> so, so, so is that how you found your producers? Like people just, you reached out and were like, Hey, I saw your project. I want, I want to be involved. Uh, well, in this particular case, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, like this is how we got a producer involved. Was that they came, they came to us. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because that's like the hardest thing in the world to find a producer, ex experienced producer who wants to, you know, join your project. Because like we, that's what we struggle with as directors all the time is like yeah. getting getting that team. And I mean, you already had um, Charlie, right? You've yeah. been helping you for a long time, and so that's like pretty amazing to find that person. You know in the first place but then to have a, a producer approach you as well i mean that's pretty huge you know so yeah and as, as these things happen it just motivates you more and more you know it, you just like really just want to like like you can kind of see like all right something good's gonna happen here so you know and uh you also got to be open to what it you know it could be anything you know that's out of your control some of it oh you only have control over certain things so just like worry about those things and just make sure that you're always working and, and taking steps forward and then you know i think good things will happen 
Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get like $9 million for your movie, but something could happen. (laughs) So what have you learned through the process of adapting this, uh, you know, making zombie parkour into a feature length script? As I mentioned before, like just the art of screenwriting alone was like, was like something that I hadn't realized how difficult it was and all the layers there were to it. So, um, just watching my characters evolve from, from when I was stuck, when I first started to now has been like pretty interesting. I have much better fight choreographer, a much better action choreographer. Um, I did a previs, which I don't know if I showed you that already. Yeah, um, I, I did. I saw it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Cool, like, yeah, I couldn't pull that off. Uh, like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. What does the previs look like? Is it live action? Yeah, it's live action. Uh, what we wanted to do was, all right, we don't have a budget to like create these sets to create all these, you know, like costumes or even to have like a whole ton of zombies. Right. So I said, you know what? I've seen a lot of previs and I think you guys obviously know where previs is. Yeah. I mean, in my head, immediately I'm thinking of that first scene from La La Land. There's like a videos of that being rehearsed in like a parking lot, you know, months before they actually shot it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Something kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, it's basically going all out full speed, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, with no production value, just like, you know, like you're not hiding the mats, you're not hiding, you know, like anything, you know, like that. that right. Just to kind um, of block it out and see how it looks and, yeah, and get exactly. your camera angles right. That's that's super smart. Yeah, exactly. And I knew people would ignore it. Like everyone's watches like, oh, this is really cool. They're just uh, caught up in the fight. They're not caught up in anything around it. You know, the setting is theatrical enough that you kind of just sort of accept it for what it is. And uh, I never would have been able to pull that off uh, years ago. Um, like if let's say let's say that first Kickstarter campaign did great, right? Let's say I I, I raised twenty five thousand, right? I mean I probably I mean I made a pretty decent zombie parkour film, so I probably would have made a pretty a pretty good one with that budget. But I definitely have way more experience with stage combat now, fight choreography. I understand like spacing and action scenes way better now. Nothing I did not know any of that back then. Uh, I knew it nice. kind of instinctually. I think we all sort of work instinctually, you know, based on like a basic knowledge of filmmaking and editing. But uh, yeah, so. That probably is the biggest thing. And I think also like that really pushed me, like you're trying to find your voice as a filmmaker and that's why you do short films, you know? And there was a push a, a push and pull of me. Am I a zombie filmmaker? I never thought I'd do horror. I mean, I like horror, but like I like action and all that. And so, you know, it took me a little while to finally accept it. And uh, now I think I found my voice. I really love action. I really love genre uh films and i feel like i have a unique take on it you know i've got a few other ideas that i think are fun so and is andrew uh your fight not the stunt coordinator Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. andrew well he's gonna be one of them for sure uh we're hoping to get like a big you know a big team uh um but yeah he's definitely you know uh, he'll be the guy in charge and we'll get a team together and you know he's been he's been out with me uh with this for like two years so like oh, that's awesome yeah so we uh you know he knows what he's doing he's great and uh yeah it's gonna be fun yeah shout out to andrew i, I worked with him on the korean american um short film that i produced um probably two years ago now or a year and a half ago something like that and uh yeah he did an amazing job so yeah it was awesome to work with him now i guess the one last question i have is kind of about expectations. Um, and I'm, I'm also kind of curious about budget. Like, do you have an idea of what the budget for this movie is? Like, I'll, here, I'll ask that question first and then I want to hear about expectations. Yeah, honestly, we're not exactly sure what the budget is. Uh, we know it's going to be a higher budgeted film. We sort of had to accept that because you don't do a film like Zombie Parkour and do it for like $10,000. I mean, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> right, uh, right. right. And that's also been probably why you haven't seen a lot of Zombie Parkour films. And even that Dying Light one, it was attached to a video game. I mean, that's, they have, a, they, you know, like it, they, they have the budget to make a cool one. Um, right, right. Yeah. So that's why you haven't seen a whole lot of them now, you know? And, um, 
So we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars and I will rewrite the script and I will try to make a hundred thousand dollars scripts and we'll see how that turns out. But we do have, you know, producers involved, producers who may be able to get us more money, but we don't realistically feel like we could ask for more than a hundred thousand dollars on, on, on via Indiegogo. I mean, that's just not, you know, we have to sort of like, and I guess we can kind of segue into Kickstarter, into Indiegogo if you want, but like, we know we're how we have a sense of how big we are. We can't sit there and be like, we're going to get a million dollars. I mean, the, the lead actor of Arrow, the guy who plays like Arrow, right? he was able to raise a million dollars and he's a star of Arrow. You know what I mean? So like for us to think that we're at that level, yeah, I don't think that's the case. So what about I, being naive? Come on. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, hey, if we can make more, then great. If we can make yeah. a million, then great. But it's a matter of like asking, you know, like what are we really going to ask for? And we think $100,000 is good. I think... We could probably make it for about two hundred and fifty thousand. So we will have to like try to find investors after this, um, right. and I think we can. Um, it looks very promising. But if you raise the hundred thousand, that's going to put you in a really good position to get the rest of it. You know, oh, um, absolutely. Especially yeah. if you have producers already attached, like they'll be able to take that and run with it. And you know, it'll also be a huge marketing thing too. Like you know, successful Kickstarter campaign raising over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, that's going to be pretty huge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I totally agree with you. Like, cause I, I, most of the feature films that I see on crowdfunding, like they're asking for usually somewhere between 20,000 and $50,000. Like you don't really see a lot of them over 50 these days, Yeah, uh, especially like indie films. Um, but like there was a movie that I backed um, a few years ago that was like I think they were three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and and they got their whole thing you know um, but then the movie was like really not that good at all I was, oh, really? <laughs> I was really let down. But how did they raise it. that money? Did they have any stars uh, attached? So yeah, there. <laughs> The guy who directed it um, is a visual effects artist or a practical effects artist, a special effects artist. And he he worked with, um, you know, Stan Winston, like on Terminator and Terminator 2. Oh, okay. And, you know, he's been in the industry forever. And then he has his own um, visual effects or his practical effects company. And he did uh, like Goro from Mortal Kombat and, you know, a bunch of like really high end um, practical effects over the years. So, I mean, they had a built in like, perk system like you know all these knickknacks and things that they had from their shop that they could offer up to people like the ability to fabricate you know uh, props and 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 things and you know they just had every advantage in the world to um to to get to make that a successful crowdfunding campaign so it's not even a fair comparison you know um but yeah that's that's why i feel it's really smart to get a hundred you know ask for like a hundred thousand because those guys, like, if they didn't have their connections, like, they would never have been able to raise that much. And I think it was challenging even for for them to, to, to get there. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's know. why I think Marco's being smart about, like, saying, yeah. hey, I know who we are and where we're at. Like, let's not right. overextend ourselves. But there is something to Kickstarter, I'll say, to setting your goal higher and saying this movie's not going to get made without it. Because, like, Indiegogo, you know, if it's if it's flexible funding, like, whatever you get is you know they just take a bigger percentage but kickstarter is like if you don't reach your goal all that money goes away yeah, yeah. so i feel like on my film i raised ninety five thousand dollars and i would never have gotten there if i would have set it at like seventy thousand you know it's yeah. only, i only got that much because i was super ambitious and just set a really high amount and said 
I over and over to people, I'm I'm going to lose all this money if I don't reach that goal. And that yeah. I think that really helped push it all the way to that finish line. No, I agree. You definitely have to have a set a high goal. Like you don't want to set like 50,000 in this case of this project, you because all right, well we got 55,000, nobody's going to want to donate anymore. We made our goal. You know, maybe we could have gotten more. So I, I felt like, well, if we let's raise a hundred thousand. If we get seventy, eighty, ninety thousand, that's great. You know, but we're not going to get that if we if we raise if we set the amount too low. Yeah, people stop giving uh, once you hit your goal, unless yeah, it's, exactly. uh, there are cases though when there's just too many people that want in on it, and then you go over your goal. But I would say the majority of films, people are just going to give right up to the goal, and then they're going to stop. Well. Stretch goals is a really great way, though, you know? It, like, I, I haven't seen it work too well on things for, like, movies. Um, I've seen it work on other things where, like, the stretch goals make more sense if you're, like, doing a product or there's a video game, that like, super popular video game that I invested in. But just, like, on an indie film level, I just feel like most people just want to see it get made, and they're not as interested in, like, helping you get to, like, this next goal. Unless there's just, like, a ton of people, like... um was that Kung Fury where there's just, yeah. there just ended up being a ton of people that wanted to see that movie. And they just, they, they knew that the more money they put in, the better it was going to get, which totally could happen in this case. If you yeah. have enough people that want to see this and and you do um, some stretch goals saying, you know, this is the bare minimum we need it to get made. But for every $10,000 past this, we're going to add this thing and this thing. And, but if we get 50,000 more than our goal, we're going to try to get this actor in it. I think you could, you could potentially, you know, make this into something that would go beyond your goal. But in general, I I, I do see films only hitting their goal and then stopping. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the the one I think sometimes like if, if it if it's like a, you know, a project that like reaches its goal in like a week and a half or something like that, then people are like, oh shit, they made it in a week and a half. Let's let's keep on going yeah, and see that's how true. we can go. Yeah, yeah. But that's that doesn't happen that often either. Usually, it's at the end you get like all your money. You, like you reach a goal like the last week. <laughs> right. Or the last, yeah, or that's the last what happened day. to me. The last yeah. last week was where I got all the money in because I think I, I only did my campaign for like twenty one days, yeah. and I was pretty depressed at the beginning of it because it was like nothing was happening. But yeah, the last week was where it, I think it went from like twenty thousand all the way to the finish line. Yeah. And and you decide to go with Indiegogo for the crowdfunding? Yeah, we talked about like you know all or not all or all or nothing and. Uh, you know, with Kickstarter, and I was like, you know what? I've been spending a lot of years on this project. I don't think I need to uh, to, to fall short and have it all like just go away. I think, uh, <laughs> right. I think, uh, you know, look, I I can make something out of thirty thousand, forty thousand. Yeah, these are budgets I never had before, so I, I'm gonna make something kick ass regardless of how much I raise. You know, so, so if you raise like, let's say you raise like like sixty thousand dollars or something like are yeah. you gonna be going after investors to try to get yourself to that two hundred fifty thousand goal to to do the movie the right way or are you gonna just be like okay we've got 60 let's go make it um uh, if i could raise like 60 um and yeah we're definitely gonna look for investors to do it the right way but honestly that's not gonna affect that much like the first uh 10, 15 minutes of the, uh, of the movie. So I would like totally probably make like the first 20 minutes of the movie, regardless of whether or not investors have, have committed any kind of money into it, because, you know, I, I want to keep this my baby. And if I raise $60,000, I can make a movie out of that. And if they want to give me more to finish it, great. But I can, I can do the first 20 minutes of that movie. No problem. And then do you have already have shoot dates in mind of when you want to do this? Uh, we're thinking November. Uh, we have a few things and like I'm going to have Puerto Rican, um, and oh, 
you know, Puerto Rico went through a, a rough period with the hurricane and, of course, you know, the whole response to the hurricane and, and the, lack of, the lack of response to the hurricane. Um, and we had thought about shooting in Puerto Rico, uh, you know, for tax breaks and all that kind of stuff. But now it takes on a more personal tone with me. I'm kind of like, oh, you know, like I'd love to shoot like a film there, you know, and kind of bring, you know, kind of like draw attention to the island. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a half Puerto Rican from New York and some of my family was affected by this hurricane. So, you know, kind of, kind of nice little story there, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Your money would probably go a lot farther down there too, right? Yeah, it would. They, they actually shoot a lot of stuff down there, which I wasn't even aware of uh, until uh, you know we started inquiring about it. But uh, yeah, so that's an idea. You know, I like to shoot it in Oakland too. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, a lot of films oh, are getting yeah. shot here now. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're no later than November. Yeah, you because know, uh, this is like a Thunderdome kind of thing. So I literally can shoot it anywhere. So all we really need is space to build our our, our, our parkour obstacle course. Nice, because it's going to be mainly indoors inside this Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. Okay. You know, you have your other scenes. You know, like with the characters in their like rooms and other parts of the you know of the of the of the space. But like, yeah. It's like it's like one of those kind of blood sport Thunderdome kind of movies, you know. And then is it in the is the location of this Thunderdome? Is it like in the desert or something, or like where? What what are the exteriors like in this piece? Um, no, it's it's a city. Um, it's oh, it's city. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a city. It's you know overrun by zombies, millions of zombies, um, and basically like everything. Everyone's kind of like. Uh, Kind of, kind of like picture a jungle, right? And in the jungle, you got Tarzan swinging from tree to tree, and you got him jumping from branch to branch. Now, just take that jungle and th- think of an urban jungle with zombies, and that's like free runners. That's you know there going you go. from they're yeah. carving out paths, you yeah. know, like like based, you know, building like little ladders in between the in buildings, you know, like kind of like you know everything above above uh, the yeah. zombies. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I'm just when when you talk about this stuff, it's just like I'm just seeing dying light because that's like what dying light is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stop yeah. talking about that game already. No, no, no it's Stop great. comparing I mean, his movie I to think, a game. I think it, it, that's got a huge following, right? So I yeah, think yeah. you're gonna you're gonna really pick up on those people and. You know, I mean, I'm one of them. Like, I want to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to help you with it because I was like, "This damn, this is dope." Like, well, let, you know, let's talk about tapping into an audience. How how are you going to find the audience to go to your Indiegogo page and pay for this movie? Well, I mean, having Jesse Lee Flair is key. Um, you know, he's got a uh, hundred thousand followers on Instagram, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's got like you know, other followers on Facebook. So he's, you know, he's, he's a big reason why I think we can make our goal and we can promote it because just having his name attached to it is already going to, going to help. Um, what you have to do is you have to try to find a balance between not annoying people (laughs) too, too much too soon, but keeping yourself relevant long enough, uh, that, you know, people aren't going to forget about you. And, uh, so you also have to decide when is your crowdfunding going to start? Like what and we actually hooked up with a guy named Justin Giddings, who's like the Kickstarter guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. No. Uh, well, he's you know, like an he, expert at Kickstarter. Yeah, he's raised millions of dollars for different projects. Oh, awesome. uh, yeah, so you know, Charlie said, "Hey, we got a cool project. Let's reach out to to Justin." And Justin wrote back. was like, "Yo, this is cool. Yeah, I'll definitely be a part of this." So he basically helped teach us exactly because we were going to do this back in June, then in August, and then we realized once we started talking to him, all right. We thought it was all about content. We thought it was all about like, all right, having cool like you know the content to put up there on the yeah. page so that people will like see it and they'll go to our Indiegogo page and they'll like donate. Like we thought it was all about that, and that's what we're good at, and that's what my focus was on. Um, and then once we talked to him, we realized, it, yeah, it's definitely that, and you definitely want to do a lot of that, and you want it to be creative, but you've got to be able to like have your email list, and you got to be able to like 
have everything organized so that you can like you know like like send it out on the first day and get like a, a you know like like a, a lot of donations that first week because I'll catch you guys propelling the right you know forward in the right in, you know in the right direction. So it's uh yeah, I think I kind of lost. I, I kind of forgot the question here. I kind of went off my <laughs> That's okay. Here. So how many days is your campaign going to be? It's going to be thirty days. Um, and we started promoting back in uh, October, like right before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said, all right, four months is enough time to get people like, you know, interested. I'll post like a, a cool promo once a week. And, so you're uh, like in October, you're saying, hey, next year in March, we're going to be launching our f- crowdfunding campaign for the feature film. Exactly. And uh, I just started doing like, like, like inviting people to like my Facebook page. Um, and I was just posting, uh, you know, a lot of parkour videos. I was or more organized with it so that, you know, I, I actually use zombie parkour as a way of like showcasing zombie movies and oh, parkour cool. videos. And then you're driving people to kind of like a, a way to contact them when this thing goes live. Yeah, exactly. And um, how many addresses or followers have you gained since October? Um, I couldn't tell you the exact number, but we've definitely gotten a lot more likes and a lot more addresses than, than, than we've had a lot of people reach out to us too, um, saying they actually want to be a part of it and that, you know, and they gave, giving us their email addresses. So a lot of it's actually industry people. Now that I think about it, and a lot of other artists and stuff like who are like, like subscribing to our, our, our who subscribe to our website, who are liked our pages. Um, this and- is the first time I've heard of this tactic being used. This is pretty smart. So it's kind of like you precede your audience before this thing goes live. Then you release it to all these people that you have now started following you. And theoretically, because they started following you, when you've announced this thing, they'll help spread it out even further. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, you have to start like like months in advance, and and then we figured once a week with some entertaining videos. Luckily, I worked in like as a videographer, uh, and I'm able and I know thirty second, forty five second videos, so I'm not you know how to like tell all my, all that information in a short amount of time. So I just started posting uh, videos once a week. You know, one for Halloween with a little Halloween twist, one for Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, you know, um, and then you sort of like. About a month ago, I started ramping it up. I said, "All right, I have all these different store, these different character designs and storyboards. I'm going to release one each day, just on the Facebook page and just on my page, with the date of the campaign starting. You know, and uh, people have been sharing that, and we getting more likes with that. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've, what I've been doing the past few months to get this uh, campaign that's going. Cool. When did you start your YouTube channel? I've had a YouTube channel. Um, oh man, that's a good question. When did I start that? Uh, I think I, I, I created it for, uh, yeah, I created it for the first Zombie Parkour. Yeah. Because you have about 6,000 followers on there right now? Yeah, I have 6,000 followers. Um, Jesse's got like 100,000 followers, so that's really where the, <laughs> where the most of that's going to come from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But people uh, yeah people have asked him, like, oh, when's the next one coming out? A lot of kids l- l- like that film, so. So it's interesting that you talked about you're not doing like focusing on content and like trying to release videos throughout the Kickstarter or whatever. But are no, you? No, 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 no. We are. No, we are, are doing, doing that. that. Okay. No, 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 no. That's that's gonna be like five times a day. And, and, uh, okay. Okay. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, I have I've been writing this movie for so long. I have like six, seven hundred pages of like different versions of it. You know, or different like short stories of it when it was gonna be a web series. I have I've had, I've had people draw like sketches and character designs. You know, all that stuff. So I could literally release a video each day of just talking about each character. Nice. So what yeah. are these videos going to look like? Are they going to be you talking to camera? Um, are, are they already pre-produced? Like, do you already have them shot? Are you going to be shooting them while you're doing the campaign? Like, what's the approach to that? Well, I have a lot of, from the promo videos I did, I have a lot of assets from those. So I'm going to, 
definitely be releasing different versions of those with different information and all that. Uh, but for the uh, characters uh, designs that I'll be speaking about and for like the fight scene uh, as well, um, it's going to be more like a soundbite. It's me talking to the camera. I'll cut to you know some images to kind of illustrate what I'm talk trying to what I'm going what I'm talking about and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be very simple. Like it's a combination of both some fancy, fun commercials with just little soundbites of me talking about certain things. You know, for 30, 45 seconds. You know, uh, about the characters and about the designs. So I think a lot of people think of uh, a crowdfunding video as like one video to rule them all. It's like one commercial that you get out and you just keep sending it out. But it sounds like what you're doing is creating a different video like every day during the campaign and and releasing them um yeah so that way it's always fresh and you're capturing new people with each video yeah exactly no no you have to your pitch video is key and that's the one thing i had to work on uh, last week and uh you know i'm not a shy guy i mean i think i've been you know pretty uh, open uh in, in, in talking to you guys oh, yeah, but it's different sure. being on camera and trying to you know <laughs> trying to like <laughs> give a pitch yeah and so it took me like an hour and a half with my girlfriend who's like a performer helping me and finally i got that done so that pitch video is key that's that first video that people will see that will encompass the entire project it'll say this is what the project is from a to z um, but you've got to have like other content. You've got to be releasing things regularly. So we do have actually done content already done ahead of time. Like you saw one of them with the previs. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, we did a little soft release on that one, but we're going to, you know, like have the flair, you know, like, uh, introduce that one. Um, oh, and, cool. yeah, yeah. And get that one, like get some hits, get some hits on that one. Nice. Um, we have an animatics. So uh, some cool little animatics and music and, 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 and sound effects and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask if, if he was part of the, the crowdfunding or not, you know, if he was going to be doing videos with you or was he was in your promo video, that kind of thing. Uh, he will to a certain extent, you know, like he'll share stuff. He'll like, you know, do a couple, a couple of intros, but nothing, uh, you know, he's, he's a big time star. He's got contracts. So, uh, you know, he's, he's helping. We're getting him. We're basically uh, getting him for free. So, uh, you know, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're basically working under his parameters and he's been great. Uh, you know, he says, Hey, it's, you know, it's still the biggest, uh, like still the most popular video that he's, that he's had is zombie parkour. Um, he thinks it's a cool idea. He wants to be a part of it. So, uh, you know, he's going to help us out as much as he can. Yeah. Are you going to be able to release any videos on his YouTube channel or his website? Uh, not his YouTube channel that, I, uh, but he'll, he'll like upload on his Facebook page and, and, uh, and on Twitter and gotcha. uh, Instagram as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, like I said, it's a few videos here and there. You know, I mean, obviously ideally we'd love for him to like promote every single day Yeah, and, you know, and like create videos for us, but you know, uh, just getting what we can get from him now has been like such a big help already. So it's really cool. I mean, it sounds like you put so much thought into how this thing is going to run. I mean, Ulrich has a note in our outline that you guys met in the spring of 2017 and you're talking about it then. So we're like yeah. a year later and you're just about to, to start it. What, what was this expert's name, this Kickstarter expert? Justin Giddings. Justin. What, what else did Justin tell you guys? What, what other kind of knowledge can you share with us? Uh, you know, creating email lists and organizing them was something that he, I, I, I wasn't aware. I was like, you know, a thing that that was so important, you know, like, like, like I was like, Oh yeah. Like you have, that's like the, the most important part of the pro of the process is being able to like send messages to people and emails. So you have them, you have to have them organized. You have to like, like who are the, who are the close friends that, you know, you can just kind of bother a little bit extra because you know, they're your friends and they want to be supportive and it's cool. Who are like the next step? Like who are the acquaintances, people that you can kind of bother a little bit, but not too much. 
who are the industry people, who are the professionals that, and when can you bother them? Like, when is it good to, 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 to reach out to them? Who are the people that you absolutely do not want to email until the last second? You know, like, so those are usually like people you want attached to your movie, you know? Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, well, one thing that I learned is uh, with the email list is it didn't help to just blast uh, a message out to an entire group. Um, I had to email people individually or call oh, them individually yeah, yeah. or yeah, talk to them individually. Like the email blast for crowdfunding is just people see it and they delete it. Exactly. No, you, you've got to email each other. You've got to email each person individually. You've got to like, you know, yeah, you got to have your little script. There's obviously things that you want to talk about and you can copy and paste. But like for the most part, you got to like really try to personalize it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to personalize it. You know, these people are taking the time to read your email. Um, yeah, you don't want to do an email blast. Are you pre-writing emails um, to people like now? So you're like ready to go ahead of time um, and like you just have them all written and then you can just shoot them off throughout the day or are you going to write them all individually as you go while you're working on this thing? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, you can't possibly pre-write, uh, you know, because there's certain people, you know, because sometimes you, 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 let's say, for example, you you reach the next email contact of a person you kind of sort of know, you kind of have to do a little bit like, all right, wait, how do I know this person? All right, yeah, yeah, let me get a look on their website. And then you have a, a, you know, a thing to talk to them about. Uh, so you can't possibly pre-write every single email ahead of time. You don't know everybody at, at right. that well on your email list. So yeah. but there are certain things you can pre-write, you know, that because, you know, the information you're trying to convey is, 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 is the same. So you can pre-write or certain things. Uh, which Justin even had uh, for each week. Like, you know, here's week one, here's week two, here's week three, and here's like week four if you're falling behind or if you're like doing well, you know, like the different scripts for each week, basically. Wow. And then do you have to pay this guy anything or is he just doing this just to help you guys out? Uh, he gets a percentage of, uh, of what we raise. So we don't have to pay him, uh, and he gets a percentage, but it's in his best interest to get us as much money as possible, because it gets him as much money as possible. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That seems like a pretty good system, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, I just, I remember when I did my Kickstarter, it's just, it was such um, a, a, a time commitment, you know, and... At the time, I had at a job, you know, so it, was, it wasn't <laughs> like I could just, yeah. you know, not just do that all day. Like yeah. I had to 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 focus on other things. So, you know, I mean, if you're gonna take the time off and just do the Kickstarter every day, then I th- or Indiegogo, excuse me, every day, uh, I think that you know you'll have plenty of time for all those things. But it just, I just think about like what can I do ahead of time to get to be ready, you know, so I don't have yeah, to just yeah. be like all the weight on my shoulders like during this campaign you know yeah well this is a full-time job for me like i i i got let go a year ago and i said i'm gonna be when it's time for the crowdfunding campaign when the crowdfunding campaign launches that's i'm it. just gonna be in front of my computer yeah, i don't care turn down like, all the freelance jobs whatever exactly. doesn't matter yeah exactly and, and everything worked out the perfect timing i did like my last gig a couple of days ago and now i'm ready to like just focus on this so I have the option of personalizing the emails and not having everything done ahead of time. Right. And, uh, you know, um, it's something I have to do anyway. And I also have to create videos. So I'd rather just kind of focus on the videos uh, and, and I'll just like, I'll email everyone every day and do more personalized emails, you know? Um, Timothy, you have any other questions for Marco before we wrap this up? No, but I did just want to say like you and I have done episodes where we've talked about crowdfunding, but right. I don't think we've ever give given like a glimpse into how much work it actually is. And I like, hear <laughs> right. Marco talk about it. I'm just like, 
man, this reminds me how much work that goes into these things. <laughs> right. And I think it's like, you, dude, you seem so queued up for success. And I'm so excited to see how this works out for you. Because if you if you just came on this podcast and just told us you're going to put this page up and just kind of reach out to people, I would have totally dismissed you. But I think you've done everything right. You're so ready for this. And it's I, I think it's going to go well. I'm, I'm excited for you. Well, thank you. You know, I'm I'm feeling good about it, but uh, you know, once it starts, man, I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put my head down, just keep on working, and uh, yeah, just work your ass off. Yeah, for sure. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll you'll you'll see a lot, you'll be seeing stuff obviously from me. Oh so. yeah, totally, man. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, 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 you're 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 in uh, you're in the friend list, so yeah, I need exactly. to bother you a little extra. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm down to support, man. I'll post stuff to Facebook. I'll you know I'll give shout outs. You know, um, yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm a big supporter. I mean, I wish. I could be a bigger part of zombie parkour, but it's just like you know, I gotta get this movie done. So yeah, know, yeah, uh, I, I love to, I love to talk to you about yours uh, one time too, man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. We we still need to get coffee. We've been talking about getting coffee or a beer for like probably six <laughs> a, months. A now. year, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since yeah. since like you know that happens, guys. Yeah. Don't yeah, feel yeah, too yeah. bad about it. We'll, we'll um, get it done. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh, what's the name of that video game again? Dying Light. Dying Light. So don't forget, Marco, to find the Dying Light fans. You, you oh, have to yeah, tap yeah, into yeah. that market too, because I think Ulrich's right. And, and the be... developers, like hit up yeah. the developers on Twitter, yeah, yeah. like hit up the the game makers, because you know, like I think if you get them behind it and you get one of the game That's people true. to to tweet yeah. out about That's it or idea. something, like you know that that could help you reach that fan base. Yeah, because I think your fan base extends beyond Jesse and the parkour. I think you know you have this whole zombie fan base too. Like you gotta you gotta think about all the different markets you can tap in for this, and I think you have a lot of them. So you know, take advantage yeah. of it. All, all the zombie video game, um, you know, uh, nerds like there's a lot of different ones. Like uh, Left for Dead is a huge series that people like, and I feel like you're. Your your films go play into that world a lot, and um, I mean, you could just go through all the zombie ones and be like, okay, let me help these people. New zombie zombie parkour movie, check it out. You know, if, like whatever. And then you know, you do that to like every single zombie video game person. It's like you know, one of them's gonna dig it and yeah. tweet it out to their people. You know. Well, so. one last question, Marco. Do you have um, haters of this of the zombie parkour films? <laughs> what do you mean like haters people like people that like, go on your youtube page and be like this sucks this is the stupidest thing ever <laughs> yeah dying lights way better yeah exactly that kind of thing <laughs> no no i mean you know not everybody liked it you know it has it has its up likes and its down likes sure. and whatever but uh no no not at all there's Nobody, not like uh, you didn't like turn off a whole segment of the community because yeah my film it's funny there's i got warned about this when i was doing my kickstarter campaign um the the fact that I used Thomas Edison as this like inventor of all these things turned off like all the Tesla fans. And so I have oh, like yeah. a lot of people uh, on my YouTube, uh, my YouTube posting of the video saying like, this should have been Tesla or Edison right. was a hack and had Edison stole yeah. stuff. I don't believe Edison would ever invent a robot and things like that. Yeah. No one knows a lot that it's based Edison, on like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, there's like a like a lot of Edison hate. On, yeah, there's a on lot there. of Edison <laughs> hate. And I and somebody told me when I reached out to the steampunk community early on when I was crowdfunding, they said, "Just so you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are pissed off that you used Edison and not Tesla." Yeah, yeah, I think I can see that. I, there's there's that rivalry and that whole thing yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah. But if you use Tesla, would they be mad? Were the, the Edison people who were pissed that you didn't use Edison? No, because I don't think there are Edison people. Oh, there yeah, are no, Edison. No, yeah, yeah. Oh. people. I, I guess the majority of people hate Edison because they don't feel like he was a real inventor. That he just kind of bought patents and then like in, um, improved upon them. He didn't really invent anything. Whereas yeah, yeah. Tesla like really invented like new technologies. 
Well, no, no zombie parkour haters. I mean, I can't imagine why. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like maybe people think that it's like, I, I, I guess it would probably be more of like the video game thing. Like, oh, you totally ripped this off from this or this yeah. or. That's the cool thing is that we did it before them. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. Look at the date, you know, first, like they go, oh, you guys were the first one. Yeah. So yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we're ready for our final five questions. Let's um, go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Timothy, you want to take it off? Yeah. So um, here are five questions we've been asking every filmmaker that comes on the podcast. And we are looking for kind of like one to two sentence answers for these. Try to keep it short. Okay. So the first is David Fincher says you're doing pretty good if you can get 70% of what you want from your film. Do you agree? And if so, what percentage are you getting from your films right now? Uh. I agree, and I think I would say I, I, so far sixty five percent. I wouldn't quite call it seventy. I think I have I haven't quite gotten up to seventy yet. Um, what's the thing you struggle with the most as a filmmaker? Uh, shit, one thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> repeat that question again. Let me let me let me get let me spontaneously answer. <laughs> what's the thing you struggle with the most as a filmmaker? Is consistency, just getting behind that computer every day and writing and editing. If you could travel back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, just quit your job sooner and, uh, and just go for it. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, do you have a goal as a filmmaker? I... I just want to make films for the rest of my life. Um, and I want to make them my way and under my control and circumstances. And the last one is, is making movies hard? It's probably the hardest art form you'll ever be a part of. Like, without a doubt. It really is. All right. Well, Marco, uh, thanks so much. And where can people find Zombie Parkour and find Indiegogo? Give all the plugs now. All the, hey, all, the all you got to do is go to zombieparkour.com. And by the, by the time this uh, podcast airs, the Indiegogo campaign would have already started. So zombieparkour.com takes you right to the Indiegogo page. And if people like it, what, what do you want them to do? What I want them to do is, hey, if you can't, I don't expect everyone to be able to donate. You know, times are rough. I get it. Just share as much as you can. Share, like our page. Share if, you, if our videos come across your newsfeed, then just like share those videos. You know, there's things you can do like, you know, like our, like, you know, like, make our, our newsfeed the one you see every day you know top one so yeah just just share everything that we that we uh we put up and that'll go a long way like this is a game of inches you know like you're trying to raise thousands so every little share like it really makes a difference all right well um thanks marco for being on the show and thanks for talking to us and you know being open with everything really appreciate it man that was a lot of fun just to hear about the whole you know how this whole thing came about and you know the like i just think again just to reiterate the amount of time that you put in this project like you've been working on this since you said like 2011 yeah and now it's like 2018 it's like seven years in the making and here we are it's like i don't know man i just think it's really awesome that you you stuck with it and that you're making something um you know big and bringing people together to make it happen you know so it's super cool and i think it's just a testament to like yeah, it takes time to make a movie. It ta takes time to, to get a project off the ground. And perseverance. So, yeah. yeah, man, totally. And, you yeah. know, it's not always a smooth path. And I think that's also a lesson people should know. So if like things yeah. aren't going perfectly, 
don't give up, keep on going. And also know? take advantage of the opportunities when they come up. Like I love that you just saw being laid off as an opportunity and not like, oh, poor me, I got to figure this out. Like you just went after it. So cool. Yeah, getting laid off is the best thing that can happen to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm always yeah, hoping I'm going to get laid off or just make the decision for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure, um, and uh, you know, it's it's great. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, so you guys just keep it up, you know. And awesome. uh, thanks, man. Well, I'm glad that you d- dig the show, and that's even it's even more fun to have somebody on the show who digs the show because it's yeah. just like you know, just a, a better circle, you know, listener to guest, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so if you like the show, everybody, please tell your friends about it or leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can send an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIH Podcast. You can also visit our website at makingmoviesishard.com where you can find the, li- the th- links to the things we talked about on this episode, including, you know, Marco's Zombie Parkour and the Indiegogo and all that stuff. And we'll, we'll put links to the existing short films on there too. But we'll focus, of course, on the on the Indiegogo. And yeah, thank you, Marco, again for, for being on the show. And thanks, Timothy, for another great episode. Yeah, thank you both. Right. That was fun. All right, thank you, guys. All right. All right, take care.